And that's going to be really hard for some of you. You've had too much coffee already. We're, uh, we're really glad you're here. The servers are going to collect our offering and thank you all for your generosity, especially this time of the year, man. It means so much to help us finish out the year strong, you know, the, kind of the end of the budget year, and we sure appreciate uh, your faithfulness in that, especially those of you who, I know we, we talked about giving just a few uh, weeks ago, and I know a lot of you have kind of stepped up and started tithing for the first time, and man, we're, we're really, we're rooting for you. This is this great stuff. I'm gonna, excited to see how God's going to bless your life in that, and uh, so we, we celebrate you, but we, we love celebrating people around here, and we want to celebrate a few special people that last week took that huge step and, and accepted Christ as their Savior. So let's give it up for about, I got five people, and it was all ladies. I don't know what was in the water, but it was all women last week. We'll give it up first for Jessica Miller and Deidre Hutchins. Give it up for Deidre and Cassandra Eason. Amber Poteet, and uh, the youngest of the group there is Ava Gadledge. So we're going to give it up for Ava also. Great, great stuff. Hey, uh, and we mentioned that we, we've got some serving opportunities coming up if you would like to help us. Uh, deliver Christmas bags to schools, or we've got Shop with a Cop that we're going to be here hosting, and we've got uh, food boxes that we want to help uh, pack and, and distribute, and lots of opportunity to help. If you'd like to be part of that, there's a sign-up sheet out in the lobby today, so as you leave today, we'd love for your help. Uh, I know some of it is during the week, and some of you will be probably at work, and we understand that, but if you, if you happen to be available, we sure could use an extra set of hands, and, and just thank you so much, and thank you for all the volunteers, man, last night for the, uh, the Polar Express event. That was such a great time, and I know we could not have done it without just the amount of people that were here all day yesterday, so give it up for those folks. It was just <laughs> tremendous. Thank you so much. Every year, I, uh, every year I, I have, usually be somebody that'll say, you know, I don't, I don't know, is, why do we do that? Is that a, I don't know if I see any spiritual value there. I said, well, I don't know if there's any spiritual value in that film, but there is something spiritual about just showing kindness to people, to, to a community, and, and I sort of see a little bit of Jesus in that, showing the kindness and then inviting them to come closer, and so we hope and pray that through that, uh, people would just see a little bit of Jesus through us, and I, I know that they certainly did yesterday. One of my favorite movies, I know John mentioned that in the film, but it's, it's one of my favorites too, is A Christmas Story. I've already watched it, I think, three times this year, some of it just for research uh, for this series, but uh, I, I do love it, and, and, and you, you, I found there's two groups of people. There's lovers and there's haters, so just by show of hands, who in here are, are the, the real true Christians and you love the movie? Okay, and, and who of you are the heathens that hate it and wish it would go off forever? Okay, we'll pray for you. Sorry about that. Uh, but I, I think the reason that it's, you, you can't deny it's a classic, and I think the reason that it's a classic is because it's got all the, the elements. It's, it's a family that's kind of struggling a little bit. You've got the, you know, the financial tension there. The dad is always fixing everything. He's not going to call anybody to fix that furnace or to change that tire, or, or you know, he's going he's gonna to make it happen. And you've got a little sibling rivalry, and you've got, uh, you know, a little bit, of, little bit of tension at home, and you've got a mom that's trying to hold all the... Th- everything together. In other words, I think it's kind of like what Christmas is like for all of us. 
I think that's why we, we're drawn to it so much. Is it, it's, about, you know, it's about ups and downs, and, and, and that's what our life is, isn't it? There's a lot of unknowns, and what's, what's going to happen next? And it's, it's hard to have faith when you have questions and fears, and God seems to be moving slow. You ever feel that? I mean, when you're, when you're, or maybe he's not even moving at all. If you're in a season right now where you're wondering what God is up to, uh, that's difficult. If you're in a season of waiting for God to do something, that's even harder. And let me just remind you of something today, and this is kind of a theme for, uh, for the day, really, is, and this is where I really want to anchor our hearts, is that God has a long history of fulfilling promises to his people. He makes promises and he keeps them over and over. We, we get impatient and we start getting a little bit, you know, our insecurities are popping out all over the place and we start wondering, well, where's God? Where's God? And why isn't he moving right now? We, we get discouraged. But God is, is always faithful. He is always faithful, but he is never in a hurry. We have to understand the difference. And here's what I'd really love for you to think about today, is we think about hope. Hope is waiting for a better ending. I'm just waiting for something better to happen for me. It's when we say things like, I hope I get that scholarship. Or I hope that we get to see the kids this year for Christmas. I hope that the job comes through and I can really start building my career again. I hope that the doctor can figure out what's going on with me and, and come up with a good plan so that I can get my, my health back on the, the right track. That's what it looks like to be, to be waiting and, and churning and anticipating a better ending. I'm waiting for something that's better. All those statements of hope, it's waiting for, for something better. And God would want you to know today that he's right in the middle of it with you. You know, this is, we sometimes don't think about it, forget that Jesus was born right into the middle of, of tension like that. Lots of waiting, lots of what's going to happen. He was born into a, a people, the Jewish people, who, who, they were the former nation of Israel. And for hundreds and hundreds of years in their previous history, Israel had drifted away from the Lord. And, and they had king after king after king, and God had given them chance after chance after chance. And they, they didn't. They, they wouldn't come back to him. And, and soon it became obvious that the nation of Israel is going to be, is, is going to be uh, it's going to end, and it's going to be destroyed. And some of their enemies are going to come in and take control and push them out of the, of the land. And, and it's right in the middle of that era that the Christmas story lands. So I wanted to look at a few scriptures this morning. I want you to notice this word. There's one word you're going to see over and over and over and over again. We're going to look first at Isaiah chapter 9. This is written in a time when people were desperate. Like some, of, some of you, maybe you feel a little desperation this morning. Then you're in good company. They were desperate for the Messiah to come. They're deep in the middle of waiting and hoping for a better ending. Isaiah 9, it says, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace 
will never end. And he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. You notice in that theme there. This is written in the middle of an agonizing time. There had been, at this point, when this prophecy uh, came, there had been about 400 years of God's silence. Not a word from the Lord. And agonizing, you know, the, the, the silence, God's silence can be deafening. And it was in that scenario, under those circumstances, after 400 years of silence and and then and 700 years of pain and waiting and difficulty, an angel of God showed up to a, to a young woman and, she, and said in Luke 1, Don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you will name him Jesus. And he will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High, the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. That's the good news. But I, I want some of you to know, uh, because I know that some of you are going through a trial right now that's, that's wearing you out. You're, you're scared, you, uh, you feel like you're just about to fall. Do you ever get the feeling when you're, you're praying about something and, and you, just, you just wonder if God hears you at all? Does he hear anything? Or is this just kind of a waste of time? Maybe, maybe you've given up on, on praying because it just this silent season is so agonizing. This is something I would love for you to wrestle with and remember this. Is where there is a will, there's a weight. God has a plan and he has a purpose for your life, good things that he wants to do. But where there is God's will for your life, I can guarantee you that you're going to have to wait on it. The best things in life are the things that are worth waiting for. And they have to be developed. And I know that right now, some of you, you're, you're feeling really discouraged. <clears throat> because maybe, maybe for you. The, the situation that you're in right now is you're single, and what you want more than anything else is to not be single. And you used to have really high standards, and you said, I'm, I'm waiting for that right man who's going to treat me well, and he's going to respect me, and he's going to protect me and provide for me, and those, or you're waiting for the right woman who's going to love you and be loyal and, and all those things. And then over time, you know what happens, you get impatient. And so the standards start to go down a little more, and you say at some point, you know, I would, just, I would just take a warm body and a pulse, God, if you'd bring anybody along, I'll take it, that would be fine. We, we get impatient, but where there's a will, this is what I'm trying to, to say today, is where there is a will, there is a weight. God is developing something in you. And, and he can't do that if you're so, so distracted that, that you miss what he's trying to do. He has great plans. If we could just lift our eyes to understand that he knows what you need. There's a bright future ahead. But right now, focus on what God wants to do in you. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to grow your confidence in him. Just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean 
that it's not going to happen. God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. And some of you right now say, well, I prayed about this. I prayed about something, and God hasn't answered my prayer. And I would say to you that God hasn't answered your prayer yet. We have to be patient. We have to wait. Where there's a will, there, there's going to be a wait. You, you'd be in this period. But isn't this what Christmas reminds us of every year, every single year? There's the buildup. There's the anticipation. You know, it's like, when do you switch over to Christmas music? Not yet. Oh, no, i got to wait till after Thanksgiving. Oh, I do. After Halloween, whatever. I'm, I'm not till December 1st. We wait to put up the tree, and we wait to watch movies and all the, the things. And, and we're waiting, and we're getting excited. And it seems like, especially when you're a kid, it takes forever. And then finally, the moment comes. It's here. And, and, and oh, that's just great. It's almost like God is continually teaching us through the birth of Jesus that the wait will be worth it. That the best things come at the right time. In the Old Testament, there's a book called Habakkuk. It's a heavy book. I'm going to do a series on that in the, in the next year. Heavy, heavy stuff. And uh, the background of it is like a lot of our stories. It was written about 600 years before Jesus was born. And the people are frustrated. Uh, they're, they're waiting. They're suffering. They need a Savior. And basically what they say is, is, this feels really bad. And God, why aren't you responding? Uh, and the prophet Habakkuk is kind of like, hey, what's going on? This, this doesn't seem like the way you should be. And God responds, but it's not in the way they were expecting. Kind of like, you know, how long are we supposed to endure this? What in the world are you doing? Are you even there? Waiting can be excruciating. Some of you know that right now. You're, you feel that. I, I, just a few things that have happened in our lives, in our family, and, and people that I've known. About uh, 15 years ago, my younger brother was in a serious car accident, and uh, he was a passenger, and the, the driver actually was killed. He was severely injured. Both of his lungs were punctured, had to be airlifted to University of Cincinnati Hospital, had all these physical problems. I mean, his body's just crushed. He's in terrible condition. And the days of waiting outside the critical care unit, well, what's going to happen? You know, and, and what kind of functions is he going to have? And what is this going to look like for, for him and for his future and, and, and for us as a family? I mean, there's just, just a lot of questions. I, those days felt like years. I've got a friend who was in ministry who had some serious moral failings. And since that time, he's, he's changed his life. He's, uh, God has forgiven him. His family have forgiven him, but he's still wondering, can God use me? Does God want to use me? I mean, some of you feel that, and you wonder that yourself. Does God, can he use somebody like me? What does God want to do with me now in this season? Lots of questions and, and not, a, not a lot of quick answers. We have several wonderful families in our church. You love the Lord. You have been wonderful examples of, of what it looks like to follow Jesus faithfully. For your, you've laid that out for your kids, for your grandkids, and yet despite your best efforts, you've got some in your family that are running as far and as fast away from Jesus as they possibly can. And I know how extremely discouraging that must be and you wonder, where did we go wrong? What do we do? You try to encourage them, and they just ice you out. 
And so you pray and you pray and you pray and you're not seeing much movement. You feel stuck. There's nothing you can say. Nothing makes a difference. What do you, what do, you do? You love them. When you bring up Jesus, they just kind of roll their eyes and smirk at you. You wish you could just smack it off their face maybe sometimes. You, know, you just don't know what to do. But, uh, if, and you know if they would just surrender to Jesus. Their life is, is a mess. If they would just surrender to Jesus, everything would change. But they've dug in. And you're waiting. Not to mention all the other concerns we've got in our lives. What's the right decision to make? What about my health? What about uh, you know, how, how am I going to pay for Christmas? Am I ever going to be able to kick this bad habit? Waiting and hoping and praying and struggling. We sing about that every year at Christmas. You know, you ever listen? You ever really think about some of the songs that we sing and, and the truth that we, are, that we are saying? You know, the song, Oh Holy Night, that's all about waiting for God's response. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. It's kind of like, ah, finally. You look at God's response to the people of Habakkuk's day, because they're just, you know, where are you at, God? What are you doing? Chapter 2, verse 3. God says, at the time I have decided. My words will come true. You can trust what I say about the future. Now, really listen to this. It may take a long time, but keep on waiting. It will happen. Let me ask you a question. If God said those words to you directly, I mean, let's say that somehow you got a, you got a text from God. And he said these words. Would that be enough for you? I think that's our struggle. We always want to know, what does God want? What does God want? What is God doing? We have his word. It's not a problem of what God has said. And it's not a problem of God's history. His track record is perfect. It's spotless. The problem is us. We get impatient. We get skittish and scared. I think it's interesting how the Bible always compares us to sheep, you know. We're just, we're just kind of, we just get so spooked so easily. And we forget about God's long history of faithfulness to us. If the Lord were to say to you today, at the time I have decided, my words will come true. You can trust what I say about the future. It may take a long time. But keep on waiting. It will happen. This is the sticky part of our faith. I, I think it's, we, we forget that in Jesus, we have a good shepherd. He knows exactly how to care for his sheep. The wondering is no fun. Waiting is worse. Uh, and some of you, you're wondering, will my child ever come back to Christ? You wait and you wait on that. And when you do want to see something, maybe you see the opposite. Is God ever going to hear the cry of my heart? Is he going to give me the marriage that I so eagerly desire? Is God ever going to give me a job with benefits that I desperately need? Is God ever going to stop the migraines that are plaguing my life? 
Is God ever going to take the depression out of me that holds me down? And you wait and you wait. I love how the Living Bible words, Habakkuk 2, verse 3, it says, but these plans, the things I plan, won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. You remember, where there's, where there's a God will, where there's a God will, there's going to be a wait. It's just the way it works. He, God is not working off of our schedule. He's, he's not bound by our, our time constraints. You be patient. Don't lose faith. When you feel like you're, you're trying to hang on to your faith and you're not seeing anything and you, you're beginning to wonder and you're wrestling, where's God? Just remember that his delays are not his denials. Just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean that he's not going to do it. It may take a long time, but keep on waiting. It will happen. So let me just encourage you a little bit today because a lot of us, that's where we are. We're, we're just kind of hanging out. Waiting on a change, waiting on a doctor's report. You keep checking the my chart, and you hit refresh. You check it again, hit refresh. Okay, log off. Let me go look at something else. You go back. Look, waiting on a phone call, waiting on an opportunity, waiting to get a little older, maybe to be taken more seriously. Waiting for your time. Just know this: if it's not God's time. You can't force it. If it is God's time, you can't stop it. You see how little influence we have there? I mean, this is, this is his world. We're, we belong to him. He's moving in our life. We all want that better ending. We want a God that will come into our situations. And sometimes, instead of inviting God into those moments, we look for other places for hope. This is the problem. We get impatient, so we say, well, okay, I, I give up on, I, I'm giving up on praying, I'm giving up on waiting on the Lord, and so, uh, you know, maybe I'll just, I'll just try to think positive. It's all good. Everything's all good. I get into the power of positive thinking, and I'll put all my hope there, but no amount of positive thinking is going to change that. We try to cheer ourselves out of a bad situation. That's not the Christmas story. The Christmas story is not, oh, well, I know that life is hard, but just put a smile on that face anyway. That's not what it is. The Christmas hope, the hope that arrived with Jesus, actually says there's no way for you to get there on your own. I know that you're stuck, and I know that you're desperate, and I know that there's all this struggle, but guess what? I'm coming for you. That's what Emmanuel means. God is with us. I am coming. I'm going to come into your darkness. I'm going to come into your struggle. I'm going to walk with you in that difficulty. What if we just, if we just could admit that? Man, I, I need help. And we invited God in. Because that's where you're going to find traction. When you invite God into the situation. When you, try to, when you give up on trying to do it all on your own. I don't need anybody. I don't need God. And I, I got this figured out. But instead, if we would say, Lord, would you bring wisdom into my pain? Help me understand this. This doesn't make sense. This seems upside down to me, but help me to trust you when I feel out of control. That's what, that's what Jesus does for us. 
You know, uh, in that movie, The Christmas Story, I was thinking this week, and I was doing a little research, so I watched it again to make sure that I was right on this. In, in the movie, Ralphie, what's he hoping for? Number one thing he's hoping for, the Red Ryder BB gun. That's what he wants. And he asks everybody in his life to get it for him. He tries to, like, play mind games with his mom, <laughs> subliminal messaging to get her to buy it for him. He uh, tries to write a great essay about why, he should ha- why it's a great gift so that his teacher will, you know, be enamored and give him A and all these A++++++. Plus, 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 plus. And, of course, you should have a BB gun. You know, he tries to get Santa Claus. He waits in that huge line. You know, remember when he gets kicked down the, the slide? I love that part. Because he's asking Santa Claus for the, the BB gun. And everybody's saying, you'll shoot your eye out. You'll shoot your eye out. You know the one person that he doesn't ask, who he doesn't ask? Was his father. And yet his father is the one who gives it to him. And I was watching and I'm like, you know, the whole time you, you see the dad kind of through the lens of the kids. And, you know, he seems, you know, sort of grumpy and, oh, we got to, you know, don't, don't disturb dad, stay out of his way. When in reality, he did not have a good view of who his father was. Aren't we just like that? We see our heavenly father not in a proper, through not a proper lens. And we think, well, I don't know that he'll give this to me. I don't know that he'll do this for me. I don't know that he can or that he will. So now you'll never watch a Christmas story the same way. You'll be thinking about that. And I love that when we can make those little spiritual connections. But when we're hoping for something, we may turn everywhere except to our Father God. And this is what I think. I think when we're, I think when we're hoping for something, we don't turn to the Lord because we're afraid of being disappointed. We're afraid that God won't hear us. That's what I get from people that I, I talk to and, and people that have questions about their faith and about God. It seems like that's kind of the reoccurring theme over and over is, why don't you, why, why don't you have bigger trust with God? And it's, well, I'm afraid that he'll let me down. Maybe it's because we're kind of like Ralphie. We've got the wrong understanding of what our father's like. We see him as, maybe he's too busy. Maybe he's too grouchy. Maybe he's, uh, you know, ready to punish us. Rather than seeing him for who he is, a loving father that knows exactly how to give good gifts to his children. And he wants to. But he also knows what we really need. And he knows what needs to happen. That he's developing traits in us that we can't get any other way. He wants you to learn to be patient. He wants you to learn how to have major trust in the Lord. That we're leaning on him, not on our own understanding. We can't learn those things through any other way other than sometimes it's through the grueling waiting season. It's in those moments where we're reminded that he's with us. We have one who's closer than a brother. Hebrews 10, 23 challenges us. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm. For God can be trusted 
keep his promise. You, do you know that today? You can trust him. It may take a while. It may take longer than you want. But that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. This is something I've learned about God. I, I know that if it's not good, whatever I'm in, whatever's happening around me, if it's not good, then that means that God's not done. He's doing something. And I've just got to stay close. And I've got to continue to trust. And we know that in this season, there's a lot of people in our community right now, this year, uh, that, that are going through hard times, really hard times. You see them every day. Families that are struggling. and How are we going to buy groceries? And how are we going to buy school clothes? The kids are growing like weeds and they you know, can't keep pants on them. And now it's Christmas. What are we going to do? It's one of the things that I love that we do here as a church is partner with some of our schools to say, hey, give us some of those burdens. How can we provide for some kids that have needs? And you all have been faithful. You've been the hands and feet of Jesus. That's something that I just wanted us to kind of celebrate a little bit this morning. The band is going to play one last song, and I just wanted us to have a visual to see the kind of impact that faith has. When you see that every one of these gifts, every one of these bags represents a child, it represents a family in our backyard that we can say, hey, we, we care about you. God cares about you. Merry Christmas. I just don't think we should ever underestimate how powerful that is. So I'm going to ask the band to, to lead us in this song. Uh, I just found out about this song a couple of weeks ago. I thought, man, we've got to play that one. So just kind of enjoy a moment. Let your heart be drawn close to the Lord.
the stage <laughs> and it is a it is a, a blessing and an honor just to see God's provision amen amen can we celebrate this amen. hey let's pray together and then we'll be dismissed Lord thank you thank you thank you thank you give us give us patience like you have give us eyes to see Lord, in a stillness, just to be in your presence and know that you have a plan. Lord, we will wait on you. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. God bless you all. We'll see you next week.